Welcome to the Health From Home podcast. I'm Dr. Stephanie Uremko, a naturopathic doctor and mother, and I passionately believe that health is about so much more than the absence of disease. In this podcast, we draw upon my years of experience as a naturopathic doctor and family wellness expert and dive into how mind, body, spirit, and community all come together to create true health from home. Hi, welcome. So on the topic of immunity this season, today's topic is all about nutrition and what to eat and what not to eat to help bolster our immune systems. Nutrition is kind of a big topic that is can be very emotionally charged. A lot of there's so much information out there and a lot of times it can be so overwhelming to know what I should be eating, what I shouldn't be eating. You know, you, you look at one website and they say don't eat this and the next website says you have to eat that and it it is really a challenge for people. So I want to kind of come back to the basics and really focus on how do you support your immune system from home with your daily activities like on a regular basis because at the end of the day we really are about our habits and what we do continuously and you can you know drink some fancy elixir or take some fancy supplement every once in a while and it might help you a bit I'm not saying it won't necessarily but unless you're doing things on a daily basis, you know, day in, day out, regularly, that's the th- those are the things that really make the biggest difference overall to your health. So when it comes to nutrition, the biggest piece of advice that I could give anybody is to eat real food. If that is all you take away from everything that I talk about this season on immunity and health is you just start eating real food rather than processed packaged stuff that you can't even decipher the ingredients of that you know probably were created in a laboratory somewhere rather than you know grown (laughs) from the earth then you're gonna have such better health just eating real food i wanted to share some statistics with people about real food and the biggest issue that I find that people say they have when they talk about eating real food um, there there's a there's a few issues one is that people have this conception that it's more expensive and I, I've lived all over the world I've lived mostly in cities sometimes in rural areas I've always found it cheaper to buy real food and not packaged food. Packaged food is more expensive than basic food. That has been my experience in, you know, in different countries, different cities, different continents. And I'm, I'm not going to say that there aren't certain exceptions in certain places. There very well might be. But overall, real food is actually going to be cheaper in terms of dollars and cents. The bigger issue is that it takes time to prepare real food. When you're cooking from scratch, it there's no getting around that. It does take more time. And it also takes a certain skill level. And a lot of us have forgotten 
or have never learned how to cook. And there's a big deficit with that, I would say, in our society. We are pretty limited in our in our cooking skills, which is kind of ironic given the society's um, view on like all these like foodies and food network and all these cooking shows, you know, so it's kind of interesting that on one hand, we've gone to this extreme where you have all these like fancy cooking techniques and shows and yet the average person doesn't know how to prepare that many meals. Um, and then the other part is the time. Like it definitely takes more time to cook real food. I'm not going to, you know, mislead you on that and, you know, opening up a package and eating out of a package or microwaving some kind of like pre-packaged meal takes literally like less than two minutes. It takes more than two minutes to prepare food, like whole food. And so one of the things I wanted to point out is just how this lack of time and lack of time spent preparing food has changed. So there have been several studies done and mostly in the States looking at the amount of time people spend preparing food in a day and comparing that like from 1965 uh, into up to 2008 was um, the more recent time that I had seen in this is one particular study and the amount of time we spend preparing food it was just under two hours a day before um, we've cut that in half so we literally spend half the amount of time that we used to in preparing food um, another study actually looked at how much time people spend during the day preparing food and then compared that to how much money they spent on food and also the quality of food that they ate in terms of their diet, like fruits and vegetable intake. And what they found, so they divided the people into three groups, people who spent less than an hour a day preparing food, people who spent between one to two hours preparing food, and people who spent more than two hours preparing food in a day. The people in the group or that lived in the household of the group where they spent more than two hours a day, spent the least on food and had the highest intake of fruits and vegetables. The people who spent less than an hour on food preparation in a day had the highest um, cost in food because there's more fast food, there's more takeout, those kinds of things. Um, And they had the lowest nutritional values least amount of fruits and vegetables. So we do know there is a direct correlation in the ability to eat real food and the amount of time it takes and that there's also the more time you spend on food in general, um, the better quality of diet you are likely to have. In Canada, in 2010, um, they did a study and so in, on Statistics Canada, they found that on average, the average person 15 and older in Canada spent 42 minutes a day cooking and washing up. So like washing the dishes and stuff from cooking. So the whole like food preparation time was 42 minutes a day. 
And a lot of people will say, well, I don't have any more time in the day to spend on food preparation. And I do get it because we all feel super busy, myself included. And I'm just going to be really honest here. I do not enjoy cooking in general. At moments I will, but overall, this is not something I love to do. And it is a chore for me to meal prep, to plan, all of that. So if you're in that boat, I hear you, I feel you, like literally on a daily basis. And I know how important it is, so I choose to continue to do it for my health and for my family. And it really is about prioritizing. So going back to that um, Canadian study from 2010, the average amount of time that those same Canadians are were spending watching TV in a day was over two hours. So in terms of health, if you spent a little bit more time preparing food and a little bit less time watching TV, you would be so much better off. So it, it really does come down to priorities and Um, You know, nowadays it's like scrolling on social media. There's so much time lost on, on social media, on streaming services, things like that. And I'm not saying you can't ever do it. I just, just to be aware of where you actually are spending your time and that if you make something else a priority, you, you can actually shift how much time you spend on it. It will come at the cost of something else. So that's up to you to decide. Anyway, I think I've made my point about real food being critical and also forewarned you that it does take longer. In terms of which real foods should you be eating, one of the biggest things is getting a variety of fruits and vegetables in. So I always tell people to like eat the rainbow and I'm not talking about Fruit Loops. I'm talking about real food so that naturally occurring different colors of foods the different colors that you see in those fruits and vegetables are different types of antioxidants and they all have slightly different properties so when you eat the rainbow when you have you know some green some greens like dark greens you have some oranges um, whether that be like from squashes pumpkins or orange fruit um, you have some yellows, you know, like some peppers in there or or, um, some reds, maybe you have tomatoes, maybe you have strawberries, maybe you have all these things. And I'm not saying that the content of a strawberry and a tomato is the same, but you know, you get your purples in there, all all of that. When you have that broad spectrum of color, you're going to have a broad spectrum of antioxidants and nutrients for your body. And that is one of the easiest ways to ensure you are getting good quality nutrition. The minimum number of servings as an adult that you should be having of fruits and vegetables a day is five. I encourage people to aim more for 10 to 12 servings, um, particularly if they're having health issues. That is going to like really bolster your immune system. It is going to drastically change the way the average person eats. Trying to get that amount of fruit and vegetables in in a day is uh, very different from the standard diet that we have here in North America. Um, so that that is the, the first thing that I'd really encourage. And then if you want to layer onto that, 
one of the things that is also really helpful is to eat seasonally. So what is in season? That can be really helpful. So going to farmer's markets, things like that, that um, will help you eat more in season. And the nutrition value of eating foods in season is going to be higher um, because when you're eating foods outside of season, they've either been, you know, grown in a greenhouse or something, which is, it's still good. Like, I'm happy that we have that option, but it's not quite as good as when it's in season. Or you have foods that are transported from far distances because that food's in season over there now. Um, and so you do lose nutritional value because in order for them to transport the food that distance, they either are harvesting early when it's not quite ripe and it's like ripening in a truck. Um, there tends to be a lot of preservatives used just so that they can be transported, things like that. So the more you can eat in season, the better. But I would still just focus on, you know, if you're start new to this, start with real foods, eating more fruits and vegetables variety of color fruits and vegetables. That is going to be the biggest thing. The second thing that I want to really um, kind of hound today is something to avoid and that's sugar. Processed sugar, ha the consumption of processed sugar has increased so drastically in the last hundred years. Um, it's, it's actually really incredible. We eat so much more sugar nowadays um, than ever before and sugar is actually an immune system depressant so it suppresses your immune system if you eat a bunch of sugar and you get exposed to a virus for example you are more likely to contract that virus than if you did not eat that sugar so I I'm not saying you can never have sugar and you can't enjoy sweets or things like that but really take it in moderation. I'm not so worried about naturally occurring sugars in fruits. Like sometimes we get so um, focused on, oh, well, sugar's bad, so now I can't eat a banana or whatever. And then we end up not <laughs> eating properly. So again, going back to that eat real food, that is the priority. Um, but in terms of processed sugar, refined sugar, really keep that to a minimum. You know, honestly, like a teaspoon a day of sugar is plenty. Like that's more than we need. Um, but, and in the past we ate that or less, but now it's just so readily available and it's in everything. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to remember the statistic, but something like the average American eats like 100 pounds of sugar a year or something ridiculous. Like it is quite quite insane how much sugar we consume and the other thing too is that it affects our taste buds so the more that we consume of it the more we kind of crave it uh, and there's a couple of reasons for that one is it does literally affect your taste buds there is also a very addictive quality of sugar so there have been studies done with like mice and they've found sugar to be more addictive um than cocaine for certain lab, uh, lab mice and stuff, which is actually quite scary when you think about that. And the other thing too is that then food doesn't taste as 
good if you don't have as much sugar in it when you get accustomed to it. And if you stop eating a lot of sugar, at first you can feel pretty terrible if you've been eating a lot of sugar, but your taste buds will actually naturally reset. And then when you go back to eating really sweet things, it actually doesn't feel good. Like you can actually taste it like, oh, that is too sweet. Um, but once, once you're habituated to it, you don't notice that. I remember when I was working in Nicaragua, there, they'd make, there were so many wonderful tropical fruits down there that are naturally very sweet and they'd make fruit juice from them. And I remember patients coming to me and I would always ask them how much sugar they were adding to their fruit juice because so many people there were diabetic and like in a, a liter container of fruit juice that they're making from these beautiful fruits like off the tree in their backyard, they would add like a pound, maybe two pounds of sugar to a liter of already naturally sweet juice and that was just the norm and when you try to encourage them to drink unsweetened juice they just thought it was disgusting because they were so used to drinking this super it was almost like syrup super sweet sugar um, sugary juice so I will encourage you all to really reduce the sugar and increase your fruits and vegetables and Focus on your priorities and see if you can change the amount of time spent cooking so that you can eat real foods. And I, I think what I'll do, because there's so much more about nutrition that I want to talk about um, with regards to immunity, I will save some of that for a future episode. So maybe the next episode I'll talk about more specific foods. But for this episode, I really wanted to get that point across of eating real food, increasing fruit and vegetable intake, and reducing sugar. Like, it is so critical for your immune system, and for your kid's immune system, and for your long-term health in terms of, like, chronic illness. All right, we'll leave it there for today, and I'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, it would mean a lot if you could review this podcast wherever you are listening. For more information on lifestyle changes you can make, including my free class on a natural approach to cold and flu season, visit my website, dryuremco.com. Until next time, be well and take care.